Welcome to Inclusion of the Black Voice. Thank you all for tuning in today. A special, special conversation with my boy Toso, my boy Sonny Muhammad. We got into some topics involving reparations, progress, post-election talk, vaccine talk. You know what it is, man. Thank you guys once again for tuning in. We're going to get some more material coming your way. This is Inclusion of the Black Voice. What does it mean to be free? Mind, body, soul, physically, emotionally, financially. Here on Free Thought, we believe that freedom comes from tapping into what is true. That is why I, Tasso, will, with each episode, bring on a guest to run you on some game. At least what we think is important. Think of this podcast as an exercise in freedom. Not every position will be one you agree with, and that's okay. Because by the end of each episode, my hope is that you not only come away with some new perspectives, but maybe some new questions too. Anyway, welcome to the Free Thought Project. And this week, a special guest by the name of Justin Clark, who also hosts his own podcast called The Black Voice, which deals with issues pertinent to the Black community. He is also a deep thinker and a man wise beyond his years. You can follow him at jclark55. It was, what was that? jclark underscore 55, right, brother? Correct, correct. And you can follow me at Time to Grow Dude. So anyway, thank you for joining me, sir. How are things these days in the good old U.S. of A? <laughs> uh, things, are, things are just peachy, man. Hell of an intro. I, I appreciate that, by the way. Definitely, yeah, definitely. Um, things are are going, you know. Yeah. What's, what's hot is what's popular, as as it always goes. But man, that's a good that's a good saying. What's <laughs> what's hot is what's popular. <laughs> there was another. Like a, Flavor of the week. <laughs> yeah, man. Honestly. And there was another thing you said. It was um when we were texting before, because we've been trying to get together and it's just always been something, but we finally were able to get on. And there was something that you said that resonated with me. And you said, the doers are important right now. And that really just stuck with me for some reason, because I feel like we're in this age where there's a lot of um activism. And I, I say that with... It's almost a double-edged sword because what does it mean to be an activist today? And how does that weave into what it means to be an actor versus how to be somebody who's making change? And it just seems to me like, I don't know if you can maybe expound on that thought as we kind of enter this conversation, because it can be a, a heavy one just with everything that's been going on. But what does it mean to you in terms of being a doer and not necessarily just always being a speaker or a sayer, even though that's important as well. But yeah, as you said, the doers are yeah. important right now. And it's tough because the speakers, the speakers motivate the doers. So it's mm. like, you kind of got to find out the in line and find out where you truly believe you fit in. I like what you just said though about actors, actors being related to activists. Yeah. Cause, cause these days it's like, everybody is an activist and everybody is pro pro black and pro minority, but in reality, it's just popular right now. So yeah, and that comes, that my bad. Oh, I, I just wanted to also add on that also adds on that layer of performance too, as you said with the actors. And I don't know yeah. if that if that actually causes us to go back at all because if it if it's not rooted in something real, then it could all kind of get washed away if something is pulled out from underneath us. If that makes sense. Yeah, because then it turns into a competition. Who can make right. who can make the most noise and who can make even down to the to the protesting, it's like looting and uh, um, putting stuff on fire is one thing, but 
that all comes down to pride in itself. It's like you're in a group of people who can make the most noise, who can make the biggest fire. That's all that's going on. And those people who are doing that, nine times out of 10, it wasn't us. So you're saying Black yeah. Lives Matter, it wasn't, it's not us making those fires, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and you bring up a really good point with making the most noise, bro. I posted, I'm actually going to pull it up because I think it's kind of a sign of the times, but it's this video clip. And I, obviously you'll just hear the audio, but it's the, the BLM founder, Patrice Colors. And uh, this is her response to the shootings that have been going down in, especially in Minnesota, but all over the United States. Fuck white supremacy. Museum. I want you all to step in wherever you are and do the electric slide with me. This performance is for every single person who is being impacted by white supremacy. Every single Fuck person white supremacy, let's be free, was the, the, the mantra for this event. And the solution to white supremacy was to do the electric slide for an hour. And it just, to me, spoke to this idea of performance. We're not doing the hard work of cultivating our own lives, cleaning our own rooms, figuring out our own direction. We are constantly being told to tell other people to do this thing. Mm. And that almost, it creates this barrier between us and the actual work because we don't have to do it if we're telling other people to. And that's this thing that I've noticed with the left. And I, I want you to comment on this too. I think, and this is just a theory, but I, I feel like it's starting to bear out. I think almost everything that the left accuses somebody of, and the left especially, but this can go for a lot of people, but the left especially, when they accuse you of something, it is almost 100% of the time a confession of something that they are doing. And to me, it seems like when you get to this level of whether it's just political or if it's the, the power struggle or whatever it is, it gets to this point where you see how it works and you see the muck and then you start maybe doing, you cut corners as well. But then by the time you get around to calling the other person out, they kind of have dirt on you as well. It's just this weird game that gets played. And I wonder if the Democrats or if the people on the left don't realize that they are also by having focused on Donald Trump for the last four years, have now gotten pulled into that game. And they are now almost become, they've become a part of the machine to where now their protests are being funded by corporations. And I just don't know if they're actually doing what they think they, that they're doing. Because mm, they, they are the machine at this point. Right. It's like the media turned into real life and everything, everything is the media. Everything is about the story. Everything is about inclusion and everyone feeling good. It's just like, that's not that productive because there's good and bad right. people and there's, <laughs> there's levels to everything. You know, yeah. everybody can't win. It's just, this is how it is. And that kind of goes with the capitalism versus Marxism debate too. Like when we come into this idea of, being a free market capitalist almost seems like a, a, a like a stain on your character nowadays with some of the with the rhetoric that's being spewed, especially among just people in academia, I guess you could say. It just seems like it's becoming more and more okay to just be 
cool with Karl Marx or like cozy up to some communist doctrine. I'm like, mm, I don't know if that's something that we really have fully thought through what that means, because to me at its core, it's anti-human. This is stuff that we we have almost uh, outsourced our humanity to these legal entities and those have now been centralized in this form of government where we don't even have control. So it's, it's to me, what capitalism really is, is just democracy with dollars. Everybody chooses what they want to pay for. And through that, we have price discovery. We have, we figure out what the value of things are and everybody is voting because we have money. But what happens in communism is that that has now been taken away value is now dictated on instead of discovered. And I guess what I want to tie that in with in terms of this whole struggle that we're going through today, I feel like there's these two sides. Um, and oftentimes it gets overly simplified as black versus white, but I think really there is a better division and it is this big government versus more more individualist types and i guess it's almost breaking down in that libertarian type bubble versus your marxist bubble how do you think that we're going to rectify that if black people don't have a home because to me that seems like we're almost splintered and we don't really understand what it is that's going to affect us and so we get pulled along in things like Black Lives Matter that sound good, but when you look at the underneath the organization and where the money's going, we start to have these problems to where, wait, this is funding something that is fighting against this problem. And I don't know if that's necessarily our problem, if that makes yeah. sense. But colors, the colors are separation in themselves, you know, that, and that was my, that was somewhat of my hangup with Black Voice is the word Black. I didn't even know how I felt about it myself because I know the word black was originated for separation. Cause what is black is opposite of white and what is white? White is no nationality. White is no representation of origin. There's, not, there's nothing attached to white other than ego, pride and loss at this point. Mm -hmm. There's nothing attached to white. So the opposite of white is black. There's no origin of black. So that was kind of my hang up. And I like what you just said, black people don't have a home. We just, we go with the flow. We go with everything is hot and whatever we say is hot is hot in this country. Yeah. So it's like, we, we don't have any real ground to stand on and we have the ability to create it though. That's yeah. what I want. That's what I preach. That's what I want people to, to promote and realize it's enough of thinking back in the past. We have the tools, we got the people, we got the knowledge to create whatever it is that we want right here. Yeah. Um, and some people go back to Oklahoma and some people go back to that, but I just feel like there's too many Oklahomans. If there's Oklahoma in Chicago, Atlanta, DC, LA, New York, right. Brooklyn, New York, Queens, New York, Harlem, New York, how they gonna destroy <laughs> everything? You know what I mean? Man. <laughs> That's the way I'm thinking. Man, yeah, it's, it's real. I think that there's a real, agenda against how we're supposed to maneuver because if we stay fighting if the, if we continue to just have unclear direction then we're going to continue to infight it's like that crabs in a bucket mentality right and i think that we have 
the power, not just America, but globally. And I think we need to start thinking globally, in fact, but I don't know if we are even well enough. And I speak we sometimes it's kind of weird because I don't I'm not technically American, but I, I identify most with the American black individually, American, African-American, if you will. But it seems to me that the African-American has been so thoroughly brainwashed by the American media that they don't understand their role in the global network of things. And they've been so conditioned into thinking that they're oppressed that they don't realize that relative to people in the Congo, you guys could be actually funding a revolution right now. Like that type of, right. That's that type of mentality we need to start cultivating. You know what I'm saying? And it's, it's enough of us feeling like we're feeling like we're enslaved. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like it's one thing that there's when you walk into a store, you feel some type of way. When you go to a certain part of town, you're approached a certain type of way. But to carry that with you everywhere, to carry that with you in your own land and walk outside and your streets look a certain way and your schools look a certain way and the buildings around town look a certain way. But you feel like you can't do anything about it when in reality, you have everything you need, bro. Everything yeah. you need. The banking system is a lot, a lot more progressed today than it has been 50 years ago. You know what I'm saying? From housing to we're gonna talk about reparations in a second here. From housing yep. to, to just buying anything, bro. It's if you can make it make sense to the bank, they see green, they don't see color. Um, they see credit scores, I'll be honest with you. But yeah. <laughs> this is the thing though. This is the thing that I, I I would I would push back on just a little bit because I agree with you almost on every point, but what I do think is that the the color green has become tinted with white. And so when they see green, you almost have to fit into a certain mold of green for them to recognize it, if that makes sense. Maybe I'm being a little cynical, but I feel like yeah. there is this sort of there is a little bit of a it's like the algorithm that they create for um that twitter thing where they had the two pictures side by side and it always chose like the white face even though it was a computer algorithm it's like you have these indifferent mechanisms with people who aren't supposed to be looking at color but sometimes it is programmed in if that makes sense that's true and i i would challenge that to saying if you want what they have what i'm Mm. saying is create i don't okay we we we're accustomed to wanting what they have because the white face is plastered everywhere the white face is on the dollar bill it's on the tv screen it's on the computer screen phone screen it's everywhere we're accustomed to wanting what they have we're accustomed to wanting to go to stanford and wanting to go to duke and wanting to go to to their schools we want to work at their jobs work at walmart work at mcdonald's we need to create these things bro i'm I'm from kankakee illinois and i'm confused as why olivet is the only university that's available in the county there's a hundred thousand plus people there's KCC, but why is Olivet the only university, the only four-year university that's available to 100,000 people? It's, it's designed, bro. If they wanted people to get educated, they would put another university there. They'll create the money and the resources to put it there. They don't want people to be educated, so we have to create that. There's no, more, there's no more sitting and waiting and wanting to be a part of what they built. They've showed us countless times. They don't want us there, so we have to look within ourselves internally and create that, bro. That's that's what I try to preach. Like I, I try to make it clear and I, I drop hints here and there to the people that, that follow me and whatnot. But man, it's just like, we got to stop crying, bro. <laughs> I don't yeah. know what else to put. We got to no, get up. You're right. 
You're right. And I think that that all kind of, I guess you almost made that good segue too into the topic of reparations and this idea that how are we even going to approach this topic? And I know that this is something that has been loaded from from the get-go. I don't know how you see it, if there are some thoughts you have. I know that in Evanston, they just passed some bill maybe about a month ago now that was giving, I think it was $400,000, making $400,000 available for Black residents. Mm-hmm. Um, in the form of $25,000 grants to promote home ownership and home improvement, yada, yada, yada. So essentially they, they, they said, okay, let's do this thing. What are your thoughts about that? And what do you think we can be doing that might be better? Or do you think this is the way forward? I don't know. I, I, you know, it's crazy, man. There's a lot of things that come out about policy and about what could happen. And this is a great thing. I'll sum it up as if this is the foundation of rep- what reparations could be for the yeah. descendants of slaves in America, this is a great thing because cash payments themselves wouldn't necessarily do us any good as a whole. Um, not that we wouldn't know what to do with it. It's just that because of the positions that we're in and that we've been put in, if you give us cash, we're just going to give that to our debt. We're going to give that to the people that we're owed. Yeah. So it's a sum zero, sum negative in itself. When you put it and when you tie it into housing, first of all, they're making they're mason, they're making black people buy real estate. They're making African Americans buy real estate in a way. Yep. You either have to have a home already or you have to be pursuing a home to even touch the funds. Um, that's forcing you to kind of in a way, it's forcing you to play the game, it's forcing you to get into debt, but but you're thinking also, more long term. Yeah, it's allowing you resources to to get in, you know, but yeah. 25,000, if that's it, you know, that's not enough, but this is a great start. I like that they're tying it to real estate. I like that it's not just cash payments because American dollars are a whole another conversation. <laughs> 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 you know what I'm saying? But brother, yeah. real, real estate is cool, man. I think that that's a really big, a big plug that people need to pay attention to as well. Is just the fact that real estate as an asset, class is something that sticks it's stickier than a lot of these other ones and so as as a people if that is going to be a conversation that needs to be part of it there's some other things that i wanted to talk about with this too and there's an article i found that kind of puts the 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 i guess the divisions of reparations into five classes and so you have one which is restitution the restoration of a victim's rights property citizenship status right then there's two rehabilitation that is the psychological and physical support of the citizenship. There's three, compensation, and that kind of ties more into what we were just talking about. There's four, satisfaction, acknowledgement of guilt, apology, construction of memorials, burials, etc. And then five, guarantees of non-repetition. So the reformation of laws and civil slash political structures that led to the situation that we have today. And so I think that in many ways, if we're going to have a real reparations discussion, this, as you said, is a great start, but it has to be layered. And there needs to be, at least in my opinion, that sort of that sort of structured approach to understanding how the harm has actually been done and then trying to meet those ends on each level. Because to me, when you say things like, 
we acknowledge that this was wrong and we commit to not doing it in the future in this way, this way, and this way, that speaks to me more than just saying sorry and writing chalk on the sidewalk. If, if yeah. that makes sense, you know what it's I mean? Like, like, it's like a payoff, you know? Yeah. Like even if, if, even if there isn't like, we can get to the, how much, or if it should be tied into to baby bonds or college or real estate or who gets to have it, where we can deal with all of that later. To me, some of the most important steps that can be taken right now is just acknowledgement and a commitment to say, this is what we are committing to moving forward. Mm. Because once you have that in place, it's almost like a weight is lifted up. Like you can't give somebody that you've been punching in the stomach and you've been slapping them across the face and then you give them a few hundred dollars. Like to me, there's like, like, I like... They both need to come together. There has, that's the point. They need to there, come together. And there has there, to be this sort of psychological acknowledgement. There needs to be a monumental moment in U.S. history. Screw an inauguration. Screw a presidential address. There needs to be a monumental, singular, planned moment in U.S. history where the president of the United States apologizes to slave descendants, apologizes to Africa, Otherwise, it's all bullshit. And in that speech, there needs to be a plan for reparations. There needs to be a plan for somewhat of a, a route to even ground, which is near impossible in modern day. But there needs to be a projection of a, a soon day that there can be even ground, whether that's 100 years or 200 years. There needs to be that moment of acknowledgement, for sure. Man, that, that's a word. And I think that even... An acknowledgement and then moving towards that would create all of the energy necessary to solve the problems. To me, I think that there is a big, as I said before, it's like this political homelessness and it's not just black people. I think that it spans all colors and races and, 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 and ethnicities and creeds. People feel like there are these two camps and they don't really fully agree with either one. And there has to be some sort of common sense in the middle that we can understand that, yo, we can have empathy for each other's differences while still creating this world that we can all exist in. And we don't have to go to crazy lengths to silence people or go to crazy lengths to incite people or how we're, I don't know, it just seems like we're super polarized and it's not really for a good reason because there are better solutions that we're just not talking about right now. And if we thought about the better solutions, then everybody would say, oh, wait, actually, yeah, that does make sense. Because you have people on the right who are saying stuff like he should have followed the law. And like, y'all sounded like the Pharisees that you condemn in Christianity talking to Jesus. And you have folks on the right who are or on the left who are encouraging the violence or who are inciting stuff. And I'm like, yo, we aren't like that either. Like, this is not us. So it's like, we have to understand that there's, I think there are, there are energies that are stoking the flames on both sides. And if we try harder to understand the other, then we can actually begin to, to make that move towards, okay, boom, this is actually what we want to do. Speaking of making steps forward, the Derek Shelvin case, man, it was almost like we had a collective, like holding our breath and we were able to just say, and the fact that we even had to hold our breath, but, I mean, they made the right decision. So <laughs> thank God for that. But uh, how you feel only, about this? The whole only thing? decision, the only decision that could have possibly been made. I'm 
I'm null on it, brother. I'm null on it. Simply because um, I actually put out something this morning, bro. It seemed like the last week there's been cop killings almost every day. I've been waking up to videos. Mass shooting, cop killing, everything. Every day, bro. And I don't, I'm not going to be the person to put it on the president, but I haven't heard a stern word from Joe Biden. I haven't seen Kamala since the election. I don't know. Hmm. I don't, I'm not too hip with what's going on in politics. Usually I just see things, but clearly they ain't saying nothing because anything they would say would be in front of my face, I would imagine, because, you know, something should be said in this moment, bro. There's Chauvin Chauvin going down was supposed to happen. No. But they're still doing it in our faces. So it's just like, I'm so null on it. I can't even, I don't even know how I feel about it, to be honest, bro. Honestly, I think a lot of it too is it's a it's a political circus, and that's why you're null on it. That's why a lot of people are are null on it. It's because it's just been like we're put through the ringer, and eventually you just begin to to tune out. Um, and I would just say, as a word of encouragement, not only to you but to folks who might be listening, is just to to continue to stay strong in terms of what you truly believe, and not necessarily get swayed by all of the 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 current events just know what you are truth in, like where your truth lies and so for me as a christian i just root that in jesus christ and i'm like yo that's what i that's what i'm sticking with and everything else is just noise but when i hear things like the border crisis is now worse than it has ever been and nobody is going to visit like you have congressmen and governors and mayors visiting but the president and the vice president aren't going to visit. Like to me, that just reeks. And I'm like, y'all pretty much invited all these people over. And now you're saying nothing's going to happen because now you have five, like I think it was something like five to 10 times the capacity of kids who are in these cages now. And so it's not like they're getting humane treatment down there. What's going on for real. And this is going alongside with human trafficking stuff. That's been just going under the radar and it's all just kind of, and this nasty ball of, oh, by the way, we're going to keep shooting these black men. And so it's like people don't even know what to pay attention to. And so for some in some cases, I, I understand it. It's just a lot. It's it's too much. And it's like, yo, <laughs> when is this nightmare ish scenario going to end? I think you said it perfectly is that it, it ends when you tune out and you decide to just create for yourself and start saying, you know what, it, I can't continue to go along with this. It's time for me to figure out where I want to go. And I think that that really is where it starts. So when we talk about policy, grassroots, BLM, I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on what the future is in terms of solutions. Like what can be things that we do, whether it is starting to build up those um, assets as a community, real estate wise, we, we, we like to talk about crypto as well. And I think that that is something people need to at least research, understanding sure. what it means to have assets in that, in that future world. Also just with policy and maybe things that you've been tapped into, what do you think are some ways we can move forward from the situation and, um, any other thoughts about the whole reparations deal and Derek Chauvin? Well, the when it comes to the reps, um, I do like that they actually laid out how to get the reparations. 
Um, like you had to be living in the city 50 years, 50 years span. It was like 1919 19, or 69 or something like that. And this is the one in Evanston, yeah. Yeah, so they're yeah. giving you a clear route on how to like qualify for it, which is cool. Um I, I the Chauvin thing, I just again I'm null on it because I've accepted I've accepted who they are and I don't I don't expect anything different. I wasn't surprised by the verdict. I wasn't surprised. Hell, I wasn't surprised by the video, the full video. Hmm. Um, and I'm not going to be surprised by anything going forward. Again, I just think we need to have an internal focus. The noise is going to be the noise they're going to put on the screen, whatever they choose. If they're killing us, if they're killing us every week and every month, then they have to choose which ones they blow up. You know, it's if it's happening this often, it's just like they're putting it on the screen for a reason. I hate to think that way, but we see yeah. this stuff too too damn often, bro. To see a man walking out handcuffed, showing no remorse, to think that that's like the answer, I just nah, I can't get down with it, bro. It's still time to build. It's still time to create. We got so much more to do. Yeah, it's whatever, bro. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think that's real. Um, I think there's a quote I saw in a, in a news article, and I'll, I'll somewhat close on this. It says, "True reparations should respect Black people's autonomy." and allow them to determine how the repair will be managed. Um, I think that that's, that's a, a good idea, but it also kind of, as you said, it doesn't get to the full, the full understanding of what it means to be repaired, I guess, in reparations, if we were go, if we go down that road. I think it means we as a people have to really start to say, okay, my own understanding of self as a as an individual, yeah. as a community, we have to start saying, okay, how are we going to dial back into self? How are we going to channel that history beyond slavery? How are we going to fully connect to what we are meant to be and not just stay dependent on a system that was never created for us? Um, there has to be an attempt that we make at least saying, hey, there is other options here. Like, it's not mm. all like, this isn't like the American dream is just that it's, it's the American dream, but each individual is their individual. They have their own dream. So maybe somebody's dream is to do this backpacking trip across Africa. Maybe somebody wants to develop the next super computer that will solve quantum computing. Maybe like, like what, whatever it is. Right. But there has to be, a multiplicity of dreams. There has to be the room and the space for people to dream differently. And right now, I think a lot of people are being held on by one singular dream of being like, I don't know, like that, that, as you said, just getting super rich and that being the only way out. And mm -hmm. it's true that money has to have its place. And that's why you have these arguments all the time. But I think that once we get past that, once we, acknowledge people are people and recognize that there should not ever be somebody who is without in, a, in an era where there is abundance. When we can figure out the trigonom trigonometry and geometry and arithmetic of how all those reparations are going to be doled out, then we still have to deal with ourselves. <laughs> like then we still have to deal with what we have to do our demons and our past and our future and so i want to say how do we deal with that 
And that's a two way. And it starts with education, education, education. Yeah. And that that repair, repair, reparations. That's a bar. Because how can we, how can we repair ourselves? We don't know who the hell we are. We don't even, yeah. bro. There are there are black people in America who have no idea how we got here. You know what I'm saying? They've never yeah. really. They know that we were slaves, but they've never. And I was one of them, bro, for 23, 24 years. So I can't act like I'm on some pedestal, bro. We don't no, we're know. all learning. We, we're, we're, not, we're, we're not born into this. Yeah. You know I mean? like, bro, we don't <laughs> know. It. We can't expect. I was just having a conversation, bro. We can't expect white people to even look at us like human. Like, we're, yeah. when they shoot us, when a cop shoots us, he sees us as animal, as, like, lesser than him. Bro. We can't even begin to expect them to think of us as one they don't even they don't even have it in them you know what i mean like two books two books i gotta throw out there and this was one oh, grand yes. to me destruction of a black civilization when it comes to the yep. story chancellor wilson finding yeah. out, oh man finding man. out who we are in our journey mm-hmm. that's a very important book and when it comes to finances and and learning the the financial system the creature those Say that one more two, time. The creature of Jekyll Island. The creature of Jekyll Island. Okay. Those are two of the most important books. I it, it just a lot of theory and everything that comes with it from finance world and put it into one, and they kind of interconnect too. Um, as I'm seeing, man, it's like <laughs> black people are gold, bro. Like there's no reason. <laughs> like yeah. we set we set the standard. We set the market, yeah. bro. Like yeah. we are the gold standard. They talking about they took the yeah. gold standard off the US dollar. The black man is the gold standard, bro. What, <laughs> when the world what the black man say is worth, that's what was, that's what it's gonna be worth. You know what Yo. I mean? I've been the black man is the gold standard. Like man, preach, it, man. It is it, it is, is no, bro. It is such a pleasure to have you share on my show. Thank you so much to Mr. Justin. Um I just wanted to say real quick, I feel like everything you just said was a bar and I I was getting ready to do the outro, but now you just got me going. I'm thinking, <laughs> look, man, it's real though, because like I'm thinking throughout history, but even just you look at the way the black man elevates every like I'm I was watching the I was watching The Last Dance just recently, and I'm thinking, yo, you talk about one 20-year-old kid from North Carolina was able to raise the profile of these rich white men to the such status that they were able to to this day rake in billions and billions and billions of dollars off of a brand a logo because of this one kid and to me it's like this idea like we have always had this power that is able to be unlocked when we are able to lean into it the powers that be want us to think about ourselves as less than, and that's almost why we're conditioned to think that way as, as degenerates or savages or whatever, because there is such a power there. You have to brainwash them into thinking that they're not, or else you get a bunch of Kings on your hands. (laughs) And I think that we are on the precipice right now of people starting to realize that they are Kings for real. And yo, if we can just push the envelope a little bit more to get folks to say, yes, I am that not necessarily being uh, like a, like a, like a trying to threaten somebody else or trying to 
denigrate somebody else or something like that, but something where we're all just secure in our own goldness. Like it would be a beautiful, beautiful day. A beautiful, yeah. beautiful day. That's within ourselves. Like, yeah. We start having the construction companies and ideas that we're going to create and start bringing over here, bro. This shit going to start looking like Egypt, bro. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, come on. Because we got to just own those. Yeah. Because we have always been the asset that has been exported. When they say that they they drain the motherland, that's like like, not just physical resources, but human resources. That's why that's a department in in corporations, human resources. But Africa has been drained of all of its human resources, literally. And we're pretending we're looking at them like, oh, why are y'all so poor? Let us try to help you. No, no, don't play that. Because we know where they would be if it wasn't for the drainage. So let's ooh, actually try to repair. Ooh, you know what I'm ooh, saying? That's what I, because brother, if it wasn't for the Atlantic slave trade, where would the Who world knows? be? Where would the world Who be today? Who knows? Like, bro, we we lead you, the world in, te- whether it's music, art, textiles, all the stuff that we bring creatively. And then you just want to layer onto that everything that could be just from the physical resources, the coffee, the gold, the oil, everything that is just under the crust of that 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 nation, you combine all that. That's you have Renaissance after Renaissance, and you, you have back the tens of thousands, if not tens of thousands of years. You said man, back. <laughs> humanity, man, not <laughs> just black people. They said back humanity. You just said it because I think a, a a big a great Africa is a net positive for humanity. If the people of Africa are able to own themselves and have that autonomy to say, yes, let's plant these crops and let's let's respect these lands and let's mine here and let's do these things in a way that is actually respectful to the land and to the people, then the products and the people is more accessible to everyone else. You wouldn't have something to where you can't even like. Like people want to go to Africa and they can't because they don't know if the government's going to collapse tomorrow type of thing. Like there is a world of beauty. This is where the birthplace of mankind is. Are you telling me that people can't even go and see it because of all of the corruption? A good Africa is good for everybody. And once people start to realize that, then we we, we lose this whole black and white narrative. And it's just a pro-human narrative. Like that's helped them out, not because they're less than and they need our help, but because it just makes sense to help them because we are also built up. We built up this entire economy of the world off of their backs. Maybe we should help them out. Like that's kind of how I see it. So I'll end with this question because I, I, I really want to respect your time too. I appreciate you for coming on, but this is something I want to ask a lot of people too. Every time I come off, it, it just kind of gives me food for thought. But what would be something if you had a magic wand that you could change one thing about the world? Say it doesn't have to be like policy, but it can be it can be something just with how people interact with each other or it can be just something that has to happen. You can wave one magic wand and tomorrow everyone wakes up and this thing happens. What would that one thing be? It's going to sound crazy, man. Shoot. (laughs) I wish black people forgot slavery existed, bro. Mm. I wish we abandoned the thought completely because wow. in modern day, we're not physical slaves, but we're mental slaves. Yeah. And in modern day, we're not physical slaves, but we are mental slaves because we we're no different than 
any other person in America, though. We believe that we have to, we have to, we have to, we have to work. We have to get a house. We have to get a car. We have to get a degree. Yeah. We think we have to, but we've never really looked within ourselves. And what do I like? What do I want to do? What makes me happy? You know, what brings me peace? Mm. These are the things that actually matter because I'm, I'm a prime example, bro. I walked away from a, a good paying job to pursue my own entrepreneurship and although today, today I am much more happy, much more clear mind, I would recommend this to anyone who feels they should take that leap. If you feel it's in yourself to do that, do that. Because on the other side of it, it's going to be nothing but roses and pure skies, bro. But I tell you, I'm here now. And all I ever wanted was my time, good income, my family. And it hit me about two weeks ago that I still wanted more. I'm like, what do I do next? I felt like I had gotten everything that I had pursued and I was kind of hitting a wall that what do I do next? But now it's time to teach and now it's time to, to mm -hmm. show other people how to escape that prison, that mental imprisonment that keeps all of us down, bro. Like sometimes you just got to step away and go in solitude, whether that's leaving a job or relationship stepping away from your family for a little while. Some, you just got to find out what you want, man. And there's only one way to do it. You know it. <laughs> I can't tell you. You already know what it is. You got to take that leap. Man. Thank you again, Mr. Justin Clark, for joining the Free Thought Project. And thank you to the listener for coming today. If you'd like to continue the conversation online, my Twitter is Time to Grow, time to grow Dude. And you can follow Justin at jclark underscore 55 uh, I could also be reached via email time to go do that protonmail.com any ideas for shows topics questions from previous episodes or opportunities to collaborate in the future can be directed there anyway I'll catch y'all in the next one stay wavy and don't forget to drink water we'll talk yeah. again soon <laughs> love love bro